Welcome everyone to the Nerd Journey Podcast, episode 106. We're joining you every week to talk IT career progression and bring you the advice we wish we'd been given earlier in our careers. I'm your host, John White, at BJourneyman on Twitter, joined by my co-host, Nick Cordy, at NetworkNerd underscore. Hey, Nick, how's it going? Hey, John, I'm doing great. We are pre-sales technical engineers with backgrounds in IT operations. We hope our career discussions will be vendor neutral, relevant across disciplines, and remain timeless. If you're enjoying our content, please drop us a positive review on Apple Podcasts, wherever you subscribe, or wherever you subscribe, excuse me. If you want to get in touch with us, tweet or DM at Nerd Journey. Ultimately, we're just two nerds on a journey. A journey to virtual enlightenment. So let's take a trip. Awesome, Nick. Hey, so um, this is the middle episode in our three-parter with uh, Stephen Morosky. Yeah, the sequel is quite good, I felt like. Now, I, I like how he opens this by talking about something he's working on today at Microsoft in a specific area and how he's not afraid to be a beginner. And all I can hear is John White saying, if you're worried that you're going to be bad at something the first time you do it, don't worry. You definitely are. <laughs> it's true. He And he really uh, kind of embraced that attitude without... Uh, Without my advice, you know, obviously I'm not the the only one who's out there, you know, um, talking about being a beginner and uh, and advocating, uh, trying to get rid of the uh, well, maybe you never do get rid of the fear, but maybe uh, you just embrace it. Yeah, likely not. It's it's always going to be there. You you don't want to not you don't want to have that feeling of not knowing what you're talking about or someone thinking you're dumb. I think we all just have that sometimes. Yeah, it's definitely uncomfortable. I really liked, um, I think uh, he's going to get into a little bit of his incrementalism, right? So uh, rather than me uh, uh, undercutting everything that he's talking about, let's get to it. Episode 106, part two of our discussion with Stephen Morosky. That's really interesting that that idea that and and I'll say this and maybe you can tell me if I'm hearing it correctly, the fact that you had to learn a bunch of stuff um because you felt like you were behind and you needed to find these like find your edge. So you were looking to stack technologies one on top of the other, led you to kind of invest in doing a bunch of different things and be a beginner over and over and over again and kind of work through that like beginner uh, um, part of that skill set over and over and over again so that when someone said, well, how about this role? And and really it was like a senior role and it involved mentoring and involved leading larger projects. Those were all just things that you just needed to work through how to do, just like kind of some of the new stuff that you had learned you know, in a technology uh, uh, context. Yep. Am I hearing I'm that a, correctly? Yep. I'm a, I'm a principal cloud advocate today, and I am still a beginner at a lot of things. I, I um, in fact, I'm working on a project internally. Um, I'm helping, I'm helping build up and validate a DevSecOps uh, uh, open hack. And 
DevSecOps is an area where I am definitely a beginner. I'm I'm learn, you know, I'm definitely comfortable with DevOps. A lot of the security tools, I hey, network intrusion detection. Yeah, I've done that in the past. No big deal. Host intrusion monitoring, sure, not a problem. Uh, code scanning and penetration testing, newer those are newer experiences for me. So, you know, but it's an opportunity for me to learn and ex- and extend myself and grow. And it's adjacent to other skills I've already built up, right? And skills and experiences I've already had. Um, and I I guess you know being being willing to be that beginner and being willing to ask the dumb question and, and, and things, um, has, it's been an enabler, uh, for finding and moving forward in my, in my, in my career. Well, I think you've hit on, you know, a couple of our, um, you know, the scores on our bingo card from the goal to, um, principles of system and network engineering to, uh, uh, skill adjacencies. I think, uh, um, that that's three. Um, let's, we'll see if we can, uh, get all five over the course of this conversation, but, um, it, I, you know, I really like what you're saying about just being willing to, to learn over and over again and, um, not being afraid to, to ask, you know, quote unquote, dumb questions, right? Like that's, that's how people get ahead. Well, and I think, I think there's a distinction that needs to be made as well, right? Being willing to be a beginner does not necessarily mean I'm going to revert back down to like an entry level role. I'm bringing a whole lot of experience with me. And while my skill set may be a beginner in this particular thing, the totality of the experience and knowledge that I'm bringing is not bringing me into a beginner position. So I, I have all of this other context to, to lean on as I learn this new thing, I'm going to learn it faster and I'm going to be able to integrate it into a broader, a, a broader assortment of scenarios than if I was started in this one place, learned that thing straight up. Right. And so, and this worked going from systems engineering to development, back to systems engineering, back to development. Right. Um, And and I wasn't, it wasn't like, oh, well, hey, you weren't working in a systems engineer role for a while. So we need you to go back to being a a junior or a mid-level systems administrator. Right. Um, The, uh, there's a, uh, there's, I think sometimes there's a fear of somebody, uh, of people who look at, oh, I'm going to, I'm not going to be really good at this particular thing. I'm going to be kind of a beginner at this, but I've already, you know, worked my way up to being this good in, in, uh, maybe I'm a systems engineer and I'm, I'm, you know, I know my windows really, really well, but if I go learn this Linux stuff, that's going to be kind of hard. If I go dive into this development stuff and maybe look at this web dev stuff, I'm going to be a beginner again. You're not just a beginner. You're a beginner with all the skills and experience you've already brought along. And that gives you more value in that next role. Now, whether or not 
a particular employer or a particular manager is going to see that, that can vary. But if they don't, that's probably a red flag about that job or that role or that manager, right? Uh, you know, and, and it could be more along the lines of, hey, we, we, we have a need today. We need somebody who's super experienced to get something out the door tomorrow. You know, the, that, that can be the reality of things. But over, over time and over, the, over, a broader, uh, over looking over a broader scope of things, Right, it may mean changing employers. It may mean looking at a different city. It may mean looking at different work options. Right, uh, like I haven't worked for a company in Wisconsin for uh, you know 10, 12 years now, um, not about ten years now, I think. Uh, you know, I've been a remote employee f- for, you know, <laughs> for for at least eight years, and um, the you, you have to look at different options. And be willing to explore different options, and sometimes that uncertainty, and that, uh, that like, well, in my current job, my current location, I can't find those things, and so there, there can be a little bit of a pullback, and like, I know this, it's comfortable, it's not exactly what I want, but I can deal with it, versus I'm going to step out and take that risk, and I've been I've been really fortunate in. The fact that my my wife has been super supportive, number one, letting me get letting me go to all these conferences and things, even when like I'd self fund to go to teach, I, I would pay for myself to go to a conference to teach a class there, at, or or to you know give some talks or something, right? Because we knew we we knew we were working towards something, but then also to have the willingness to risk, you know, hey, there's this opportunity over here. Can it, let's let's look at that. Let's take that opportunity, and and it hasn't been every single one, but we we at least have a we can at least sit down and have an honest conversation about okay, what are the risks? What are the rewards? Should we give it a shot? And once the decision's made, she's been behind me a hundred percent. So you said a couple of things there that I, <laughs> again, I'd love to go back and and yeah. make sure that I'm understanding some of these. Like you're talking about that beginner mindset is not starting over as a complete beginner within, you know, technology, you're bringing the totality of your experience. And, and I'll just say this, like, I'll push back a little bit. Like one of the things that you're flexing your skills at is being a beginner and bring the totality of your skill set to advance your learning in that, um, in that area, right? Like, so if you go like 30 years focusing on one thing, and then start over and try something that is like, you know, only casually adjacent to what you're doing, that might be a lot tougher than every 18 months or so, you're kind of adding something to your, um, to your, uh, you know, portfolio of things that you've tried. Um, not that you necessarily need to become like an expert at every single one of these things, but you're, you're picking it up, you're trying it, you're seeing it, how it's applied, and then maybe you're putting it down for a little bit and trying something else. Um, and it, so it, am I understanding that maybe that part? Yeah. And, and you bring up a good point. I also, um, I'd like to make a distinction there as well. <laughs> um, if there, there's a difference between spending 30 years focused on one thing or, or spending 30 years doing one year's worth of, of work on something, right? If you spend 30 years and you haven't gone significantly deep on the, on the thing and thereby 
gotten exposed to a number of different adjacent tendrils, right? If you're if you're a VM administrator and you, you're you say you're doing VMware, right? And you haven't gotten comfortable with storage and networking and 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 and, 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 uh, and server hardware and you know um, the application workload, some of the application workloads and, and profiling those that, that run on, on your on your on your hardware, right? If you haven't spent some time branching out into some some you know variation of that, you're going to have a much harder time. If my 30 years has been I click deploy on this template and I, you know, fill out some forms and I go click deploy on the template and I fill out some forms and I click deploy. If, if there's, if there, if it's just pure rote, you know, I, I, I click a button or I check a box or I type this one thing and I move on. That's, that's different. And that's going to, you're going to be in a much, much, much harder place trying to, change and adapt if you've gone deep there are a number of opportunities there to pick a place to start spreading out and 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 gaining experience where that totality of your experience is going to be a benefit right and even even if the technology itself, like you know, hey, we're getting rid of our, our virtualization, we're gonna go, we're gonna go to the cloud. Are you getting rid of all VMs completely? Are you getting rid of all the workloads that you ran on top of those VMs? If you know how to profile how those how those machines run, hey, guess what? You're gonna be of use trying to figure out how the app is running when you stick it in like app service versus running it in a VM, and you're gonna have a much better idea of. What are some of the metrics and measures to watch in terms of performance and then, and how you expect the app to behave? There's a, you know, a, I, there are very few things I think that lead to that, that have no return in terms of looking at that next thing and looking at what skill set I'm going to go pick up next and you don't even have to make a huge radical shift and change to, to do that. Like I've made some pretty significant swings in my career in terms of what I was work, of what I've worked on perceptually at the end of the day, there's not all that much difference in the types of jobs I've had. Um, the focus and, and things have pivoted a little bit. Like I'm doing more technical work in one area. I'm, I'm doing a little more communication stuff in another. I'm, Doing a little more operational stuff one time. I'm doing a little more development and playing around with Git a little more often than the other, right? And there, there, there's there's levels of things, but I still leverage stuff I learned working at the police department, running the infrastructure there, or you know setting up setting up the squad car computers and video systems and stuff, and like like there's little. There's still snippets of things there that that play into my day to day in my current role. I feel like I read a book on this, John, and I feel like Stephen's gonna get the bingo. Yeah, I mean, this just screams exactly the premise of David Epstein's book, Rage, about the the difference between the hyper specialist and the generalist who can become an even better specialist than someone who, like you said did the thing for 30 years and probably got pretty deep, but maybe chose not to go anywhere else with it. 
my my feedback on that is if you do the thing for 30 years and it's the same thing and you you don't get into some kind of adjacency it probably wasn't that interesting to you there i i, I would hesitate to ascribe motive to somebody when we can only see behaviors right because there's a lot of reasons that can drive behaviors there could be family situations. There could be, you know, there, there could be mobility situations where they can't, that, that's the type of work that's available in that place and they can't go somewhere else. And yeah, we do have to, we do have to acknowledge that in, in the world, it, sometimes we do, there are changes that have to be made in order to open up new opportunities at particular points in people's lives. That may not be a possibility, and sometimes you just gotta suck it up and and right, you know, and keep thinking it could always be worse, and <laughs> or or you know, or, or embrace the suck, right, and 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 do what you have to do to put food on put food on the table, or pay the mortgage, or you know, pay off pay the debts down, or whatever that particular thing is, right, and um, so I, I I hesitate to ascribe. Um, motivation and so i catch myself doing it as well so um yeah that's a great point (laughs) great point i need to be a little more thoughtful on that no but i i also think that there's there's another truism that goes along with that right you know the the one thing that's tougher than making a change after doing the same thing for 30 years is making a change after doing the same thing for 31 years right so just because it's tough doesn't mean that you should you shouldn't start, right? Like it's it's only going to get better the faster you start. Yes, and the biggest competitor that you'll ever have in technical sales is DNI, Do Nothing Incorporated, right? <laughs> because it's really hard to argue against the current state, right? And and because when you're talking about change, you're talking about risk and most people are not looking at the risk of staying in the same place, right? Whether it's a technical decision to buy some, buy some software or buy some services, whether, or whether it's a decision to learn a new skill to move or or to look at an adjacent career field. We do not evaluate the risk of staying where I am today. And it, and, and that that's also one of the challenges in having the DevOps conversation with folks, right? Like, yeah, things kind of work fine today or they're working, you know, it, it's not great, but we're, we're getting by. And then we have a COVID-19 year or we, you know, we, it, where, where all of a sudden everything's flipped on its head and, you know, everybody's scrambling to make different changes in their IT, in their IT worlds. And, you know, where, you know, a month before I was having a conversation with some colleagues and like, you know, Hey, this digital transformation, this DevOps stuff, right. Uh, it's, it's important. And like, yeah, I, I, I get that. And the customers I'm talking to, they get that. But, but when, you know, is this a, is this a, a six month thing? Is this a, 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 f- a one year thing? Is this a five year thing? Is this a 10 year thing? When is the tipping point where if we're not doing DevOps, we're going to get sunk or when we haven't, we haven't made this digital transformation that we're going to get sunk. When, when is that tipping point? The worst answer is last year. Yeah. Right. 
yeah it it's it's the it, it is the six months after your your last major com- competitor has made the change right right <laughs> and um the but then you also have outside world events that drive things and technological shifts and we don't know what's coming tomorrow we know what we have today and we know what we can do tomorrow uh we know what you can do the immediate tomorrow versus the long-term tomorrow, right? We, we don't know what's coming in six months. We do know what's coming right this moment. And we have a pretty good guess of what tomorrow's going to be. <laughs> not, not, not a guarantee, but we have a pretty good guess what tomorrow's going to be. I think we, we like, I think the idea is, or the phrase that I've heard is like, we, we underestimate our ability to see like six months into the future and we overestimate our ability to see five years in the future. Right. And, um, you know, I, you're, you're right. You know, you see these systemic shocks and they're like, you know, maybe once in a lifetime, like when's the last time we had like a, you know, a, a flu like, you know, virus that like shut down the world is like a hundred years ago. Right. But 12 years ago, we had a systemic economic crisis that seemed to, you know, bring the economic, you know, system to its knees. And, and there was a shock there. And I'm sure there was a shock, like, you know, 12 years before that, you know, there was, you know, the dot-com bust, say, or the dot-com boom, or, you know, go back to 12 years, you're going to see like some other like massive shift, right? Yeah. The, the, there's always going to be things happening in the world outside of our control, outside of our organization's control. The only thing we can do is look at, what am I doing to put myself in the best place for tomorrow? You know, uh, I, so uh, Pat McNamara is a um, former uh, a Delta Force guy who does a bunch of fitness stuff on like Instagram and YouTube and stuff and does some, um, does some other kinds of training and stuff. And uh, what he's talking about is combat strength, tra- uh, strength training program. Uh yeah, he's like, can if if uh, if you were cloned today, could your clone or could you tomorrow kick your clone's butt? And that that's what you're training for, right? So it's not necessarily hey, it, if you map it to map it to this discussion, it's hey, could am I going to be if I clone myself today? Will tomorrow will I be more skilled and more capable than my clone from yesterday? Right. I don't have to beat John or Nick out for a particular role. I don't have to get more skilled than Kelsey Hightower or Donovan Brown or, you know, um, I'm drawing blank on names and stuff. I don't I don't have to be more eloquent than Gene Kim. I don't have to be a better statistician than uh, Nicole Forsgren. Right. Um, But I do need to be better than I was yesterday. I like that. That's great. You know, John, according to Joseph Griffiths from many episodes ago, it only takes an hour a day. Yeah, that's a really good point. It's just a, like a consciousness and, you know, paying attention to it and then kind of grinding away at it. Like there's no shortcuts, right? There's no smart pill. There's no uh, unlimited... Uh, pill that you can take and yeah. there's no sleepless pill you know you don't just stay awake 24 7 and and learn and, and go insane 
Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, the uh, and Scott Adams uh, back in that uh, back in the book on like how to fail at everything and still win big um, talks about systems over goals, right? Rather than setting a goal to be X, right? Like um, like I'm going to set a goal to be able to write a program in C sharp, right? Instead, we set up, we set up a system, and I'm going to do a little bit of code today. I'm going to do a little bit tomorrow. I'm going to do a little bit next day. And, you know, in six months, maybe I've written that website. Maybe I've said the website's not the thing for me. I've written a CLI. Maybe that's, maybe neither of those things are. And I decided, you know what, this language, this language stinks. I'm going to learn Rust. <laughs> and then I go do, or, or, or maybe, I, maybe programming's not for me, but I'm going to go do, I'm going to do something else. The, the, the challenge with, a, I have this goal in six months to have this thing means in five months and three weeks, I'm going to be sitting down to start my program, <laughs> right? Uh, I, the first week I would have read, I would have read a book on C Sharp. I, you know, I, I would have been excited. I would have gone to Pluralsight and watched some training videos. I would, you know, I, I, I would have been all amped up. And then I've opened my code editor. And then I've been like, oh, you know what? There's another thing I wanted to get at first. Let me do that. And then I'm going to come right back to this. And then, you know, we're five months down the road. And versus, you know what, I'm just going to write a little quick hello world thing. The code editor is going to scaffold most of that out for me. So I really just have to hit F5 and then I'm going to, and, and then life's going to be good. And I can do that. I can open up the code editor. I can click a couple things. I can, I can click F5 and that's good enough for today. And tomorrow I'm going to come and I'm going to change that message. <laughs> and that's good enough. And I can be happy with that. And I'm making progress, right? Because I, it's not that I, it's not that I need to be perfect tomorrow. I need to be a little bit better than I was today. And yeah, something may come up like all of a sudden, Hey, I need to know X by Friday. <laughs> right. And then you have to be a little more aggressive about it, but that's a much rarer circumstance. And if you've already started adopting some of these systems, you're going to be a lot better in a lot better preparation for when that hey you need to know x by friday comes up yeah nick uh process over outcomes i think that's a full bingo that, i think so I... I think so <laughs> yeah episode 19 wow. i believe process over outcomes okay nice yes yeah, good deal <laughs> I, and we didn't even I ask think, him to say all these things, everybody. He he came up right. with no. that on his own. No prompting. It's it's a really cool um, example of parallel thinking, you know, because, you know, you're citing, you know, some of the same sources, some very different sources, um, you know, coming to similar conclusions about, you know, just progress, making progress, right? Yeah. Love it. I, yeah, I, I read and listen to a lot of disparate sources, and it's it's eerie how similar uh, a lot of this stuff is, right? Like, so there's a, there's this podcast out there, manager tools, uh, manager tools.com. Right? Well, John loves it. The... Yeah. So great. I, you know, I, I've been, I've been a fan of that podcast uh, basically since it existed. Um, uh, Mark Horseman used to have a client here in Wisconsin and right when the podcast launched, he would host, host meetups here uh, every now and again, when he would come into town so I got to meet him like, you know, what is it, 
10, 12 years ago or whatever. And, um, and so I've been, I've been a, a devotee of, uh, of theirs for, for a number of years, the manager tools and eventually the career tool stuff that, that came out. And, um, a lot of the stuff that they say tracks really well with stuff you hear from other sources and in, in radically different, you know, in, in, in radically different areas and maps really well. The terms are, can be a little bit different, but a lot of the concepts map really well to like things you hear from Jacko Willink and you hear from, um, you read in, um, oh, what's, uh, oh, uh, there's some, I think it's Pragmatic Press. Uh, I've got a few of them on my shelf back there. There's a, they have a couple of books that uh, go into management and, and, you know, they talk about, you know, doing one-on-ones and doing, and, and, you know, uh, understanding what, what your team's doing and building the relationships and trust, trust and, and stuff. Yes. Uh, there's pragmatic thinking and learning. That's one of them. Um, but there's, uh, I think it's called behind closed doors. Yeah. So it's behind closed doors, secrets of great management. Oh, that looks Ooh. like a good one. Maybe we need to add that to our reading list, John. Yes. Or do a book report so, on it. Added. Yep, and you know, f- and then if you lo- if you look and you look at like patterns in software development, it's a lot of the same ideas, mm-hmm. right? That some of the same things that we that we try to build in systems for how we work with people are the patterns that we build to work with our software because that's the model that we understand and we know. Sure. Mm-hmm. And, and so w- when we build our software, we're building. The, the models of interaction that we're familiar with. And so, you know, things like a circuit breaker pattern, right? You don't want things to get too bad <laughs> between, between people. So you want to, you, you want to, you want to, you know, you want to get, you want to get in, intervene in that before there's a, before there's a particular problem or, you know, exponential back off. All right. I've asked you this. I've asked you. All right. Now I'm getting a little pesty. I'm going to back off. I'm going to ask you again. <laughs> I'm going to ask you again, you know, mm-hmm. t- 10 minutes later, I'm going to ask you an hour later. I'm going to ask you tomorrow. Right. Um, these, these are all, you know, there's relationships between all of these different fields of study. And you look at this, at, at the stuff around manufacturing and not all of it maps because people aren't, you know, uh, people and, and the flow of software doesn't exactly map to manufacturing, but a lot of it does. And, you know, there, there's nothing new under the sun, right? It is what you know you hear every now and again. We just take a, di- it, we just adjust our perceptions, and when we're looking at, we look at it from a different way. It feels new. But. Yeah, and there's there's analogies everywhere, right? From every industry to the industry that we happen to be in, whether that be you know building software or managing people or just learning. Right? I, I liked what you said about. Um, hearing the same things from lots of different sources. I remember hearing the, uh, you know, the do something every day. I think the first time I heard it was from Jerry Seinfeld. It was in this like a uh, documentary called Stand Up, and he had just retired his act after the end of Seinfeld. And there's a um, documentary that walked around like half of it was following him building his new act. And there's this interview that he did and he's talking about how he passed by like a, um, I think it must've been a construction site. And he said, 
you know, am I really a comedian? Am I a professional if I don't take my job as seriously as those people take their job? Like they get up every day, they hear at 7am, you know, they work eight hours. Like if I don't work at my job to get better and accomplish things as seriously as they work at their job, can I really call myself a professional? Right. Yeah. So if improvement is one of the things that you're working on, you know, and adding skills, then you kind of have to like take that same, you know, systematic approach, um, towards improvement. Yeah, definitely. It, it's funny. Uh, we just mentioned analogies, right? And analogies are great for learning new things. They're not great for convincing people of things. And because there's, you know, there's, there's too many, as you start diving into the specifics, right, there become too many points of deviation and it's too easy to nitpick the analogy and not actually focus on the benefits or, or, uh, the pros or the cons of the thing that you're actually trying to talk about. You you end up spending more time on the analogy than on the than on the actual thing that you want to uh, to be convincing them of. Um, but they're great for learning things because now we bootstrap our knowledge by oh I know this all right I can map that now I have a starting place and now I can start putting a framework around uh, around the new thing. Um, but sales reps, uh, you know. Their, their whole job is building relationships. At least to me, as a, a, as a more introverted person by nature, that's hard. I, like, I would much rather learn three new programming languages all in different paradigms and, and, and have to re-implement an operating system, which I would never, ever, ever attempt than to like make some cold cold call sales or, you know, or or have to just maintain the relationships with customers over time. It's hard enough. It's hard enough for me to maintain relationships with people I know and like. Yeah, you know, like, <laughs> um, I'm, I'll have close friends that like they're they're close, but I might see them every or talk to them like every six months. Just kind of how life shakes itself out, right? Um, now, Stephen, you just need you need better tools. You use a cron and a pub sub uh, mentality, and and that's how you do it. Better task management system, I think, is what I heard. Oh, okay. Yeah. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah, definitely. You know, I definitely could use a uh, could use better task management, but it's not the tool; it's the system. Like I can have, I, I've tried all the tools. It's, I got to stick with the I got to stick with a particular system and, and go. And I love the getting things done model and methodology. <laughs> I, I, I've been a huge fan of David Allen uh, for for uh, for a very long time. And um, in fact, uh, I was just uh, just put it, I think I just put it away. I had uh, my uh, weekly review bookmark that uh, door hanger thing that. Uh, uh, Hanging out, hanging out here like uh, you hang on the door, and it's like leave him alone. He's doing his weekly review or something, you know, for for Fridays, but um, you 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 have to you actually have to do the work to make those systems work. None of those systems are going to fix you, it, right? And and that that's the whole thing about changing patterns. I've I evolved some things to deal uh, like to deal with not being as effective as I want to be by just like not caring as much about some particular thing. Um, and that built up over time and because I didn't put the work into being, uh, being as diligent as I should be 
about my to-do management. And, you know, I, I try to be better every day. And uh, I, it, sometimes I succeed, sometimes I don't. Um, but that's the thing about systems. You, you don't have to succeed every day, but you do have, you do succeed more over time. Like I've gotten better and more effective over time. Just, it, it's just some days it's a couple steps back. <laughs> well, that's like, you know, the, the peril of, um, measuring the specific, you know, like on a too granular level because you're gonna get too much noise, right? Like you need to measure your effectiveness, you know, over large periods of time to really get anything meaningful. I, I feel like um, we've really focused on like general skills and stuff. I And I love it. I just wanted to make sure that we asked, you know, like a, a specific question about, you know, kind of your career and things that you've done. So I wanted to make sure that we asked about um, Mind of Root and... Oh. <laughs> um, since we're podcasters, obviously we want to hear about other people who have podcasted, you know, why they started, what they got out of it, and, you know, maybe why they stopped. I, I'm sure it's part of, you know, podcasting slash blogging slash speaking at conferences slash, you know, a number of things. But, you know, this kind of stuck out. So yeah. um, care to talk about that a little bit? Yeah, sure. So uh, just as I, as I mentioned, when I got into, into IT, I consumed every resource I could possibly find. Um, you know, and one of the things I found were some um, system administrator focused podcasts. And I came across one early, relatively early on. It was a brand new podcast um, called A Couple of Admins Podcasting. And there was, they had done a handful of episodes, maybe, maybe even a, a you know, 10 or a dozen. Um, and I had given them some feedback. And then they're like, hey, you want to come on the show sometime? And so I came on and I was a guest for an episode and it was two guys. Um, and, uh, so a couple of admins, right. <laughs> and, then, uh, and so, uh, I came on as a guest and, uh, with Keith and Rich and, um, they, uh, they were kind enough to say, Hey, if you want to come back or, you know, Hey, if you want to join us as a, as a host, go for it. And, um, so, I became a regular host of a couple of admins podcasting. And then we realized that name didn't really fit now that there were three of us. So we uh, had a couple of options and we ran a contest and we ended up renaming as Mind of Root. And uh, over the, and I used that as a venue for talking to a lot of people in um, in the industry. And I thought we talked with a lot of different um, MVPs in the in like the PowerShell space and in some and some related ones, because that's where I was heavy, heaviest. Um, but we also brought in some other uh, some guests from other areas. Um, that's where I got uh, I talked to Tom Limoncelli first, because um, I, I brought him on the podcast to talk about the practice of system and network administration. And we actually had started like a, a book study of that that was right about the time the podcast kind of filtered out. Um, because uh, uh, job changes and stuff uh, for a couple of us. and uh, But yeah, for me, it was a chance to explore new things and, and find new ideas because the, the, we would talk about different technologies and things on the show or I would, we'd take notes of things we were working on so that we could share those. And having to have something to talk about for the show gave me a reason to dig into something, that, to dig into what's next. 
as well as an opportunity. You know, a, a lot of my career has been following this this particular track of I I gained so much from the tech community as I began working in this in this space and then at, throughout my career that I it's it's part of my responsibility to keep putting stuff back. I haven't been as good about it lately. Uh, go, you know, ebbs and flows, but, um, but to keep putting things back and helping and, and helping somebody else who's out there looking for some information, some context to add to their, you know, to, to their, uh, to their base so that they can be the next person coming along and doing the cool things that they want to go do and invent and finding and testing new technologies and trying new things and finding a job that makes them happy and, but yeah, yeah. So Minder Root was is one of the starts of it for me. Very cool, very cool. And I I totally understand what you mean by um, you know, the, you know, giving back to the community. I, I feel like that's you know one of the main reasons why we started doing this, is to kind of I you know, <laughs> a couple things like it's always selfish, right? Like you, there's always a selfish element, which is. You know, I, I know there's all these things in my brain, and if I don't record it somewhere, then I'm going to forget that I knew that, right? And there's, I think anybody who does any kind of blogging over time will run into a situation where they are looking up how to do something and then come across their own blog post on how to do it, right? That they just don't remember writing. And, and that's, you know, so that's the selfish part. But I think the giving back part is always, hey, you know, I learned these lessons and if other people can learn them faster and better than I can, then they'll be, you know, better set up. So yeah, totally appreciate that. Yeah. And if somebody can learn from, you know, my missteps, Hey, great. You know, I, I would rather have them not stumble in the same things I, I did too. Right. Yeah. And speaking of community, you were actually directing a PowerShell community kind of around the same time that you were on mind of root and working full time too. What, what generated the interest to get into the PowerShell community like that? Um, I kind of got pulled into into some of that. So um, I was I was pretty active in the PowerShell community early on. Um, you know, from basically when PowerShell was in like in beta uh, before it was officially you know before the one was was released, um, and the there was the .NET community. There was um, there there was kind of a there, there were some sysadmin user groups and stuff around, but they were really sporadic, and so and there were a lot of other language communities out there, and we were trying to find a, a we had, and we had a lot of support from the PowerShell team. Uh, we were trying to find a way to um, kind of a, a central place for people who are interested in PowerShell to have a place to go to look for blog posts, to look for forum content, to look for related podcasts, right? And, and, to, and to kind of be that community around PowerShell. And so it was a volunteer, uh, you know, it was a volunteer thing. Um, and there were a number of us and um, you know, Don Jones was a, uh, was a, uh, he was a PowerShell MVP and and um, and he works for Pluralsight now. He pretty pretty big in the Windows sysadmin space for a long time, and he was one of the drivers behind um, 
behind that community and then the evolution to uh, into powershell.org um, the powershell uh, powershell community direct uh, powershell community.org stuff fizzled out after a period of time um, but then uh, powershell.org kind of came in came kind of came up in its place and uh, and eventually became the the body that organized um, PowerShell conferences and, and events and things around and um, so that I, 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 I particularly got into that one um, mainly because I was shanghaied by by well-meaning folks who thought that hey here's somebody who's interested in the community this would be a great way to increase his exposure and and and, and, and help so you know, um, and as well as you know as well as an opportunity to get some, uh, you know, some free work. No, I just, I just kidding about that. Uh, but I, some well, some well-meaning friends in the community thought it would be beneficial, and it ended up being that way um, to kind of help try to shepherd that community along. And I learned a lot. I learned a lot along that um, about what works and what doesn't in helping manage and shape online communities. Do you feel like? Um... Being involved in those online communities helped you as far as like exposure and um, and uh, I don't know, like standing, like uh, some kind of validation where, you know, people recognize you, um, you're more likely to be invited to conferences and give talks, that kind of thing. Uh, some somewhat from that role, um, more so from just my general interaction. So. Um, so I spent time in several different communities of practice. So I spent time in the PowerShell community. And uh, because I spent time in the PowerShell community, both working with uh, the official community organization, but also just in like PowerShell IRC channel and helping people and writing blog posts and trying out, uh, trying out new technologies and giving feedback to the product teams, uh, that got me you know, speaking opportunities and chances to talk with the product team and get get engaged with with folks there, as well as you know do some training and things. Um, Mind of Root actually helped with that as well. Um, in the PowerShell community, and then the stuff I did around Lapsa got me exposed to a, a set of conferences: uh, one in Seattle, one in New Jersey. Um, that uh, there's lots of East and Cascadia IT conference. And I did PowerShell trainings. They, they're the, pretty much the same, um, same parent organization helped, or, helped, you know, logistics and things for both of those. And I did training and talks at those events. And that's where I got to know the folks at Stack Overflow, which then led to a job down the road. Uh, because one of the guys there took my training class and I got to know the, the others as they were giving a talk, we we were able to uh, I was able to chat with them some, and they got to know me. I got to know them, and so the connections that I built up at a lot of these events helped lead to future roles as well. Um, so it, it helped build my awareness as well as well as help build my network.
hate to interrupt the interview right then and there, but uh, we do want to keep these to a manageable length. Um, I really, you know, in listening to that again, it's it's a little bit eerie, you know, the parallels to our careers and getting involved in uh, in in uh, communities, uh, expert communities, um, you know, getting involved in podcasting and as a way to give back to the community. Uh, it's, it's just, you know, a, a lot of those same lessons that uh, we learned, he learned as well, just completely, you know, separately from us. That That's not the amazing part that he learned, in a, you know, separately from us. It's just uh, really cool to know that um, there's somebody out there kind of, you know, learning the same lessons. And hopefully, you know, that's a little bit validating. Yeah. I think all of these intersection points and advice from different guests just speaks to the point that these are things that our listeners can do to improve themselves. And much like Steven mentioned, I love his idea of setting up a system instead of a goal. That was very interesting to me. This idea of, I just need to be better today than I was yesterday. And that can be accomplished in very small steps. It doesn't take you know, I don't have to go from knowing nothing about a particular technology to being able to pass the certification tomorrow. I just right. need to learn a little something that's going to carry me forward and help me make progress. Right. That's how you eat the whale, right? One bite at a time. It sounds like an iterative process, John, and I feel like we've mentioned this before. Hmm. Uh, not familiar with that. Not familiar at all. But... Uh, <laughs> Um, yeah, it's just, uh, really cool to hear somebody else with a lot of the same influences, you know, reading a lot of the same books, learning, you know, some of the same lessons in a completely separate, like technical community from the one that I'm in, right. He's kind of focused on PowerShell and, and chef and, and the Microsoft, uh, stack. Whereas that's something that I've, you know, never been like a massive expert on or really pursued expertise in, but, um, Yet, you know, there he is, you know, doing very, very similar things, you know, learning very, very similar lessons. So I just, it goes to show you that, you know, these are kind of um, lessons in in career progression and self-improvement that don't have anything to do with like what technology stack that you happen to be working on it. And hopefully, you know, maybe it's doesn't even depend on the technical community at all, right? Right. And I hope if you're not out there networking with other people who might have similar interests as yourself, whether it's in technology or something else to make yourself better, that you start doing that to start building that network collateral. Absolutely. It's a great thing to try to do. And uh, well, I guess right now we're doing it in 2021. But um, if you're listening to this at some point in time in the future, never too late to start. It's never too late to start, but it is time to go. So here we go. Awesome. Just a reminder that we want people to subscribe and give us a positive review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you're listening. We want to know if we're being helpful and are always looking for interesting questions to ponder. We're collectively on Twitter at Nerd Journey. All right. Farewell, listeners. Tune in next time as the journey continues. I'm John White at B Journeyman for Nick Cordy at Network Nerd underscore. Signing off. Adios. Adios.